Welcome to the Renewed Mind Podcast, presented by Jameson Smallwood, recorded live at Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church in Woodstock, Georgia. hardest part about doing this is waiting to do it. Amen. Amen. I just want to thank everybody for giving me the opportunity to be out here to speak this evening to you. Um, I wanted to acknowledge Pastor Holmes, the, the head of this house. I wanted to acknowledge the ministers on the road, the deacons and the church officers. Um, and especially I wanted um, to acknowledge Pastor Base and Sister Base. Um, and, and my mind, all the family. Amen. Amen. Um, it is a blessing to be before you today. Amen. And um, today I want to talk to us about something I think we all can can understand and identify with. Amen. And uh, our scripture today, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word. Our scripture today can be found in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13. Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13. And this is a story that is mentioned in Exodus. It's a story that is often probably read and overlooked, but it's a story that I think we all can benefit from a few minutes of of sound teaching on, amen? Amen. Amen. It sounds like you're there, so I'm going to read it for us. Exodus chapter 17, starting at verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites and Moses, as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, he took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. The topic I feel God has given me to bring to you today is don't quit now. I said don't quit now. And and I I was I was thinking about this thing and 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 whenever you get asked to to speak before people, you you have an option of what you want to do. I could have came in here and talked about some highfalutin theology and, and, and had you had you deep in the Bible scratching your heads and wondering about some different things. But then something said, you need to speak, Jameson, from your heart. And, and, and see, there's a time where you want to tell, tell God's people what you want to tell God's people. But then there's a time where the Holy Spirit says you have to speak from your heart. So as, as, as I began to think about a topic that I could bring before you today on this ushers program, I said, well, ushering is a service ministry. And I began to scratch my head and, and flip through my Bible, and I got to thinking about it. I said, in a service ministry, there is no glamour. Yeah. 
Amen. See, y'all, some of y'all don't know because you aren't serving. Amen. That's why you can't say amen to that. Amen. See, a service ministry is a ministry where people serve those who really don't deserve to be served, but there is something deep inside of them convicting them every Sunday to serve their brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I, heard, I, heard, I heard Deacon Gordon mention it, picking up paper after people and, and, and standing at the door and, and greeting people who don't come to church with smiles on their faces and they don't want to be seen and don't want to be seen happy in the house of God until someone they like says hello to them. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And see, with a service ministry, the thing you have to keep in mind is that you're there to serve other people, amen? And service ministry is hard work. It is the hardest work, arguably, in the church. And see, when you find people not serving, it's because of the fact that it is hard work. It ain't because everybody don't want to be ushers. It ain't because everybody don't want to help on the food ministry. It ain't because everybody don't want to help clean the church grounds. It's because it's hard work, amen? So when you find brothers and sisters who take the time to serve you, the least you can do is give them a round of applause when they walk into your church on the one day of the year that you decide to celebrate their existence. Amen. Amen. So as I began to think, I said, well, the thing that I had to learn as a young boy when I was talking about serving and services, when I was working with my father, it was always a hot job we had to do. My dad would never call me to work with him when we was inside some building when there was air conditioning and, and, and plenty of places to sit down and take breaks. It was always some job where I was outside in the heat. My dad's a carpenter. That's why y'all looked at me like that. And if any of y'all have ever, ever worked with a carpenter, you understand that carpenters don't take what they need from their truck to the job site. They get sons to go and be gophers. And if y'all don't know what that is, a, a, a gopher is a highly technical term for gopher this and gopher that. And, and, and see, I was a gopher for my father. And, and my father would often say, go get me a hammer. And I could never seem to bring him the right hammer, amen. It was always the wrong hammer. And, and I, I was working with my father, and there was often times he wouldn't even know how to tackle a problem, but he would get to work, amen. We would start in the morning time and the sun would come out and the sun would get hot and we would get to working and keep working and keep working and there was a time where the job seemed like it was never going to go away. But then, but then, I, I don't know if you understand, but there was a time and a hard job where it begins to turn. The job don't get no easier, but the work begins to turn. You begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. See, see, that is that is the that is the spirit that you have to have when you're serving people in church. Amen. See, see, ushers, I'm here to tell you, they're not going to stand up on their feet and give you a round of applause like they should. Amen. You're going to have to keep on serving, regardless of if people thank you, regardless of if people going to stop picking, leaving paper in the seats, regardless of people going to smile and be nice to you when you walk in, when you greet them and tell them into the church. You're going to have to just keep on serving. Just like I had to keep on working with my father when it was hot outside. See, he didn't let me quit because he didn't want a soft man. Amen. That's why the church ain't full of men right now. There's too many soft men. Amen. Time, time, ministry gets real hard. Time someone hurts their feelings. Time someone don't give them a seat on the deacon's, on the deacon's row or, or make them a minister. Oh, they get mad about that church. They want somebody else to do the work. Amen. And then they got the good nerve to be mad when women start telling them what to do. Well, if you were doing it, women wouldn't tell you what to do. Amen. Amen. Now I got I got to get us into this into this scripture. I would love to keep talking about how I grew up. 
But the thing that I learned, though, was that I couldn't quit as a man. I had to endure. I had to work through the problem. I had to keep going when, when I didn't feel like going. I had to wake up some days and go to some job sites and do some stuff I'd rather not do. But if I were to be a man and find that thing inside of myself, I could keep on. I, I, I wouldn't quit, amen. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. It's not quitting, amen. So let, let's look at this battle here that we're that's taking place. And let's look at how this thing sets up. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this thing today. And I promise you, I won't hold you long, amen. If that don't give me an amen, well, nothing else will, okay? I promise you, I won't hold you long, amen. So Moses, Moses has told Joshua to go and fight the Amalekite army. The time has come for God's judgment to pass on the Amalekite army. He is tired of the, of the Amalekites messing with his people. So Moses tells Joshua, I want you to take some of our men. See, that, that's going to get me in trouble right there. He didn't say take some of our women. He said take some of our men, amen. But that's a whole nother sermon, amen. He said take some of our men and go down and fight the Amalekite army. Now, the second thing I began to notice was that Moses said, I'm going to go and stand on top of the hill, amen. So it, 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 you might say, well, what does this got to do with me, Brother Smallwood? Well, do you not have spiritual battles that, you, that go on in your life? Do you not have things right now that you would rather God deal with and help you be victorious in? See, I guess y'all are just a blessed church up here. I guess we don't serve the same God or something. I, I don't know. But the question we've got to answer is, how can we see the tactics of this battle and begin to understand how they can help us overcome in our lives so that we don't quit, amen? So Joshua and the men are fighting this battle, and Joshua and the men are on the front lines of this battle, and, and, and Moses, Aaron, and her on top of the hill. And, and the first thing I want you to take out of this, if you don't get nothing else, you need to get someplace where you can see what's going on. You need to get someplace where you can see what's going on. The men, the younger men were fighting the battle. That's the first piece to understand. The younger men were fighting the physical battle. Moses and the older men were standing on top of the hill fighting the spiritual battle. Okay, all right. See, the problem we've got is, is that too many of us try to fight our battles all in one realm. We try to fight the battle naturally, but we leave God out of fighting it spiritually. Or we want to come to church and cry at the altar and fight it spiritually, but every time God gives us the natural solution to our problem, we want to, we want to pass that by because that's too much work. But see, it takes both to fight a true spiritual battle. It takes a natural solution, but it takes it being overseen by a spiritual solution. Oh, y'all don't get this in a minute, church. Y'all don't get this in a minute. So Moses is now on top of this hill, and he has his staff with him. And I want to explain his staff real quick. This staff was his staff that he had from the time when he was shepherding sheep. Anyway. He, 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 this staff had a crook in it, almost like a question mark in some of the depictions that I've seen online, amen. And, 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 and for any of you who, who aren't familiar with herding sheep, sheep stray, amen. Uh, and see, if that don't get an amen, nothing else will, amen. Sheep stray, amen. Amen. And when sheep begin to stray, you can't really reason with sheep. For whatever reason, one sheep wants to be over here, while the rest of the sheep over here. All right. So what does the shepherd do? The shepherd hooks that sheep around his head with that, that staff and drags that sheep all the way back into 
to enter the fold, amen. I want you to understand this, amen, because this staff is important. So now the same staff is also used to defend the sheep against predators and prey and against things trying to come up and prey on the sheep, amen. So the, the shepherd uses that for defense and to drag sheep back in. And also as the shepherd's walking around, he has to fill himself out because he might be walking on rocky soil, amen. He doesn't want to stumble, amen. So he has to use that as a, as a walking stick, helping him get from point A to point B and so on and so on. So Moses' stick is used for defense, is used for, for correcting the sheep, and it's used to help him understand how to watch. So y'all are beginning to get a picture in your head what the staff is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now, now the, the part that I like is that when God called Moses, God didn't ask Moses to have something he didn't have already. God gave, told Moses, take that staff that you've been walking around with all these years, and I want you to use this staff to do these miracles and wonders and, and these plagues in Egypt so that Pharaoh would let my people go, but also, and here's the kicker, so that the people will listen to him. Y'all gonna get this. So I said to myself in my sanctified mind, what does all these things remind me of? And the only thing that could come to my mind was the word of God. Uh -huh. Oh, y'all got, got quiet. Okay, y'all got thinking about that one. Amen. See, the word of God will defend me against some stuff, church. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. The word of God will help me walk right, church. We say, we say, the song this Sunday called, order my steps in your word, Lord God. Show me where to step in your word, Lord God. The, the word of God will help me give the people of God your message, Lord God. The, the word of God will help me bring condemnation on those who don't listen to you, Lord God. Oh, you're going to get this, church. You're going to get this, church. It's the word of God. So when Moses is, is now on top of this hill, he's overseeing this battle. What is he overseeing the battle with? What is the power that he's calling on in, 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 to deal with this situation? It's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. The problem is down there, the problem we run into in church, and I'm going to get in trouble, but I don't mind. I came here to get in a little trouble. Y'all don't have to invite me back, amen. Just have my plate ready, amen. All right. So now the, the problem we run into in church is that too many people simply want to come to church, have a, have a fuzzy feeling in church, and then, and then fall out and then go back out the same messed up folks they were. Now, I, I'm not talking about this church. I don't want y'all getting that, that. I'm not that type of speaker. I don't come here and talk about y'all church. Amen. I want y'all to get that. Y'all gonna get this in a minute. I'm talking about y'all, but I just want y'all to give me some time. Amen. All right. So now, now I, I, I don't know nothing about this church, but I'm sure Bible study is packed out. Oh, see, it ain't packed out. Okay. I'm sure Sunday school is full. Oh, oh see, that, see, now we're talking about problems here, see. And see, then these are the same Christians. What happens? They're the ones who want the prayer. Pray for me in my situation. But then you ask them, what, 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 what word have you spoken to yourself to understand how to better deal with your situation? No one's got a word, amen. Because they haven't been taught, amen. They won't come and get the teaching, amen. Amen. So now this battle is raging and Joshua's fighting and he's winning and losing. He's fighting, he's winning and losing. He begins to win when he does, when what happens, church? When Moses holds up the staff of God, amen. When Moses begins to put the staff of God above his head and hold it up high. The word of God, church, hold the word of God high above your heads. Hold the word of God high up in your life, church. Live by the word of God, church. Do what the word of God says. Study the word. I'm not done. Study the word of God, church. Keep on investing the time into the word of God. 
Fill up the Sunday school church. Fill up the Bible study church. Then when you go and come up against a situation, because there is an enemy. His name is Satan. He's the adversary. He walks about like a roaring lion. When you come up against Satan, you've got something to deal with Satan with. See, we forget that Jesus Christ was in the wilderness tempted. And he didn't go and reach for no magical incantation dealing with Satan. He didn't go reach for no, no, no root worker dealing with Satan. He didn't go calling up all his friends and his folks telling them his business and then asking them to do something about it. He just quoted the scripture to Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And then he kept on quoting scripture. When Satan didn't hear him the first time, he quoted more scripture. And when Satan didn't hear him the second time, he quoted more scripture. The problem is that if you Satan got behind some of us church people, we have half a broken a piece of scripture to quote the same and Satan's like I know more than that y'all don't know what y'all talking about we always want the power to rebuke something but we don't want the knowledge that rebuke something amen we're talking about battle taxes that's what we're transitioning to now See, I'm, as a historian, I've studied the scripture to understand and try to put into context this, this past event so I can understand how to deal with my present circumstances. See, see, that's what they do in the military. They would study old wars and old battles to understand how to employ certain tactics to be successful, amen. And the men who served in the army, I know you can identify with that, amen. And see, we, what we have to understand is that we can't lose sight of the battle. When, when, when you are fighting the battle, when you've got the young men fighting the battle in your church, the elders, you need to be in prayer. That's what Moses was doing on the top of the hill. He was praying to God. He was praying to God, holding up the word of God to the people. Amen. See, I, I, I can't give you a good word all the time. Sometimes I got to tell you that you're wrong. Sometimes I got to tell you to change. Sometimes I got to tell you to trust God in a different way. But the, the, but the beautiful thing is that as long as we're holding up the word of God, guess what's happening? The battle's being won, church. The battle's the thing I like about God is that God didn't just give you the highlights. He didn't just show you Joshua winning. He showed you why Joshua was winning, and he showed you why Joshua was losing. Joshua was winning because Moses was up on that hill praying with that staff above his head, and Joshua was losing because Moses grew tired of holding up that high standard, that high call, that high burden of the word of God over his head. He got tired of it with that staff, and his arms grew weak. Now, I'm going to hit you with something, church. If you don't feel a little bit of fatigue in your relationship with God, if you don't feel a little bit of stress, a little bit of tiredness, a little bit of anxiety, and a little bit of pressure on you. You aren't holding up the word of God high enough, church. Oh, you going to get this one, church. See, if you live your life without any conviction and without any burden for holiness in your life, when you ain't reaching for the highest heights of Christianity, that is because you, don't, you aren't holding up the word of God high enough, church. See, that's another reason people don't come to Bible study and Sunday school. People don't want the word of God changing their lives because they're happy with the mess that they got going on. They're happy lying on people. They're happy sleeping around. They're happy stealing from their jobs. They're happy lying about their neighbors and, 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 and being seen doing things that they ought not be doing as Christians. That's why they don't come to Bible study. And then they'll lie and blame all kind of other stuff. Oh, the pastor don't teach the Bible study the way I want to hear it talk. Well, guess what? You're a Christian. Don't you love the Word of God? See, I like fried chicken. I don't care if it's bad fried chicken. I don't care if it's good fried chicken. If somebody done flowered up some chicken and dropped it in some grease, I'm going to give it a bite. I'm going to sit down and make a out of it. I don't care how good it is. I don't care who cooked it. I'll try it a couple of times, and if I get hungry enough, I'll show them to eat it then. We, we got some Christians who ain't hungry for God's word. 
And them the first ones that want all the prayer and all the ministry support. All right. They, but they keep bumping their head on that same law because they won't listen to the man of God tell them to do Oh, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. Every spiritual battle, I don't care what, you are, what you're dealing with in this world, it has its highs and it has its lows. And Joshua's battle was no different. But I, I'm here to tell you, church, that, that, that Moses was a smart man. Moses had Aaron and her up there with him on that hill. See, when, when Moses got tired of holding up that high standard, he got tired of holding up that staff before the battle, he had some folks came along who came, who came and picked up the weight that he was carrying. Oh, so you're going to get this one, church. They kept and held his arms up, church. They held his arms up, church, so that that staff wouldn't fall down. They held his arms up, church, so that the staff wouldn't fall down. They didn't sit back and talk about Moses and say, look at Moses and his old self up there, can't hold up the staff. Why did Moses come up here knowing he's old? They didn't say all of that. They went up there and helped where they could help at. They got up there and served. Oh, it comes full circle. They got up there and began to serve. They didn't try to take the staff out of Moses' hand and say, I can hold the staff up there just as good as Moses did. I'm young. I can hold the staff up there. They didn't do that. They said, man, I'm going to help Moses because God speaks to Moses face to face. Moses has done some stuff. See, I want you to understand, see, everybody want to come along when something went, that, that got to the point where it's successful. But Moses had to go with, with nothing there and take the vision God had blessed him with and begin to manifest it through ministry work. Moses was there with the staff carrying out, the, carrying out judgment against Egypt. Moses was there with the staff parting the Red Sea. Moses was there using the staff to do all these wonders and miracles. And it would have been great temptation for Aaron and her to want to take that staff out of Moses' hand and hold it up above the battle. But they didn't do that. They came and helped the man do the work he had to do. The problem in the church is that we are too quick to talk about folks. We are too quick to, 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 to get on the phone and gossip about folks. We are too quick to, to, to get into in the business meeting and, and, and wait till folks have left and talk more trash, amen. See, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, amen. We are, we are too quick to lie on people and, and, and talk about folks and their struggles instead of going up there to that brother and sister who's, who's burning down and, and pick up an arm and begin to lift some people up and, and call for some help and say, come help me, brother. Hold this sister arm up or his brother's arm up so they can keep on doing what they got to do. See, I don't get it, church. This is the necessary part of service. Service ain't doing what somebody else is doing. Service is helping people do what they've got to do. Amen. And, I, and I, I'm getting ready to wrap up. I, 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 I'm getting ready to wrap up, church. We're talking about not quitting, church. We're talking about not quitting, church. I'm getting ready to wrap up. And see, if we sit back here and we look at this battle turn for the good, we see that Moses had to had to had to hold that staff up until the battle was won. Right. See, the battle ain't won once you got a church full of people, church. The battle ain't won once you expanded and got more rooms added onto the church. The battle ain't won until uh, 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 until just because you done got more money in the bank account, church. The battle is won when Jesus Christ comes back in victory and claims what's his and takes the bride of the church as his own. That's when the battle's won. And I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I just pray that I got the strength to keep on holding up his high call in my life through the form of the word. Keep that, that word lifted up in my life. Keep that word lifted up in my home. Keep that word lifted up at my job. Oh, Lord, keep that word lifted up. And see, I, I, I just want you to understand that, see, this is, this, let me help you with one last tactic, and I'm going to take my seat. See, the, the thing we have to understand about battle tactics is, 
and especially weaponry, is that some weapons are long-range weapons and some weapons are short-range weapons. Right. And, and, and see, a long-range weapon is designed to hit the enemy way away. Right. But a short-range weapon is designed for when the enemy that got too close right. and when the enemy that got snuck, that snuck up on you and, right. and you're kind of stuck in a situation, amen. And men with military training, they understand this concept of a short-range weapon or a close combat weapon versus a long-range weapon. And see, I got the thing, I said, Lord, you call your word sharper than any two-edged sword. All right, and I got to put that thing together in my head, church, and I said a sword is a close combat weapon. I was thinking, I said, Lord, well, why'd you give me a close combat weapon when I want to be able to hit Satan before he comes? See, we said that in church. I want to get, I want to stop Satan before he gets busy. I stop Satan before he comes. I said, God, why'd you give me a short-range weapon to deal with Satan before he comes? Amen. Well, why'd you be, why would you give me a short-range weapon where I got to wait on the enemy to get close to me? And then some said, oh, James, said, that's exactly what you need, son. That's exactly what you need, son. You need a short-range weapon when, it's, when Satan gets close up on you. See, you need something that can deal with the enemy more effectively when he's close up on you. See, sometimes the enemy catches you off guard. He just, he just pounces on you like a lion does. And then you stuck there fighting the, fighting the lion in close quarters trying to use long-range weaponry. But no, he gave us the word of God so that we can fight the battle up close. And we can fight the battle up close. And see, oh, you ain't getting this church, they're not getting the church. A short range weapon becomes more effective and more lethal the closer the enemy gets. Oh, thank you, Lord. So when I'm sitting there going through and I'm sitting there, I got the enemy right on my heels. And I got the enemy running behind me, chasing me. And I got the enemy dog trying to capture me. And see, I'm a big man, so I can't run fast. And the enemy's trying to get me. And the enemy's trying to get me. And then finally, what do I do? I have that epiphany in my head. Jameson, you know the word of God. Oh, you are, oh, oh, I'm taking the heart because Jesus Christ said that I want to come the world, Satan. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in you. Oh, you don't get this, church. He says that the gates of hell shall, shall not prevail against the church. And I'm a part of the church, Satan. So, I, I, so Satan begins to stop in his tracks and he starts looking at me, swinging my sword left and right. I'm tired of you, Satan. Here you go. I'm going to keep trusting God. Here you go. I'm going to keep on fighting you. When you show up to business meeting and it seems like you can't get nowhere, the church business meeting, that's Satan pouncing. But you begin to meditate on the word of God. 
If you begin to quote scripture about your situation to yourself, you ain't telling God nothing he don't know. You're just calming your own nerves down. Because he says that he's already overcome the world. Jesus has already overcome the world. And if Jesus overcame the world by quoting scripture and by teaching folks and by instructing people, what makes the church think we're going to do anything different? All right. Amen. Amen. I'm here to give you a positive report that the battle was won. Not because folks came in and they finest suits and the nicest cars and gave the most money, but because the older men instructed the younger men through prayer and supplication to God. And the younger men used their strength and that and, and, and their youth to serve the church and I'm sorry, serve Israel in the battle. That's the key to success. That's why that's how we go through life without quitting. Amen. It ain't gonna be easy, church. But we don't have to quit. Amen. I, I just I just want to pray. And then I'll take my seat. Father God, we thank you for, for giving us your word. God, there's people I know who are dealing with things right now, God. Folks who ain't here, people who are. And God, I just pray that they consult you. Open up your word to them, Lord God. Put a burning desire in their heart to know your word. Help them, Lord God, to continue to hold the word up in their lives like Moses held up that staff. Help send people into their life that truly minister to them and hold up the word in their life, Lord God. Continue to instruct them, Lord God, in your word. Continue to bless them with teaching and, 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 and knowledge, Lord God, as they seek, your, seek to understand their life in your word. These things we pray to ask humbly, Lord God, in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to another installment of the Renewed Mind Podcast. Be sure to listen again as we endeavor to renew our minds.